and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolamond. G'day, Lloyd. <laughs> I'm on. Am I on there, Hunty? Yes, mate. You can't hear yourself. Oh, I got a funny sound in my. But that's all right. Oh dear. We've we've been pulling things apart <laughs> and putting them back together in the last few days here in the studio. But I think everything's working. Glad oh, to have you good. on board today. It's a beautiful day here in Sydney. Although I must admit that for most of the day, I reckon it's been pretty cold. But winter is only a couple of weeks away. But wherever you are in Australia, whether you're in West Australia, Canberra, I think they might be online. Yep. Now, for the first time for a well, that, that's what I picked up anyway in some news. Uh, Brisbane, wherever you are, Northern Territory, even down in Tassie, if you're with us, I want to give you a big warm welcome, and I know that you will enjoy yourself over the next couple of hours. Hunty, uh, how are you going? Mate, it's good to be uh, getting better and better set up each week. Yeah, you you were on with Lyle last week while I was away working. I was working hard, but I know you you guys were down here. How did that go? You were working hard. What, you got a luxury boat cruise somewhere? Well, it wasn't a luxury boat actually. <laughs> yeah. It's called the Pacific Adventurer. It's a pretty ordinary boat. It's the third cruise I've ever been on. It was one that went from Monday afternoon. I think we sailed out of Sydney Harbour Monday night. We went up to a place called Tangaluma, which is just off the Brisbane uh, coast. Man, they must go slow because that's only a thousand k's away, and it took it two and a half days to get there. So I think they must slow the boat down. Have you been to Tangaluma? No, not not since the eighties. It's a long time ago. Yeah, well, me either. But I, I went a long, long time since I've been there. But man, it's changed. Uh, beautiful white, pristine beaches. This is just off Brisbane in Moreton Bay on Moreton Island. Nice. Um, and then we turned around and came home, and we were home by Friday morning. So it was kind of a – I worked out we were on the boat for less than 100 hours. Wow. But it was so cheap. I won't tell you how much it was, Hunty, but, man, I can't stay in a motel overnight. Well, I can't stay for two nights in Riverston in a motel for what it cost me to go on that boat for five days. Wow. Uh, That's well, awesome. I, and you know what? I did something because you know how we're doing Fat to Fit. Yep. Project 60 where I'm yep. on a weight loss thing. Am I allowed to brag? Yeah, brag on. I did something on this boat I don't reckon anybody else has done in the history of the world. Hey, what's that? I lost weight. No way. I did. I lost 700 grams in five days, on, which is almost a kilo on you, that boat. You lost a kilo on a boat cruise? Not quite. Seven-tenths of a kilo. That's never been done in the history of boat I cruises. Don't, I don't reckon it has either. <laughs> but it's quite amazing, really, because um, when I went on it, look, was there food tempting on it? The, the food, it was P&O. They're okay. Um I mean, if you want a cheap holiday, go on a P&O boat. But if you really want a, a good cruise, I think you've got to go Celebrity or um, Royal Caribbean. I, I went Royal, I've been Royal Caribbean once and P&O twice. Listen to you, the connoisseur of cruises. Yeah, I actually went on a cruise to Japan. Yeah, that would have been nice. It was on one of those boats. It was a P&O boat again, and it was one of those boats that was returning after cruising summer or winter down here in Australia. And we're on our way to Japan, and we got the air. We got the cruise for nineteen days cheaper than the airfares. Problem is, after three days, hunty, I was done. Oh dear, I was ready to get off that boat, and I wasn't too unhappy to get off this boat either, to be honest, because I run out of things to do after a couple of days, and when you're not eating. A whole lot. It kind of takes a bit of the joy of the whole thing out. And the food was okay, but like, shall I run through it real quick, Hunty? For, yeah, go on. For breakfast, I'd have a couple of eggs 
and two grilled tomatoes on a brown piece of bread. That was the that same nice. every single day. Well, it, it keeps the calories down. Yep. For lunch, I'd have either potato, sweet potato, parsnips, and pumpkin. That's it. Mm. And for dinner, well, I don't know, some, usually a salad. And the salad was mostly lettuce. So it's a wonder oh, I didn't. Dear. It's a wonder I didn't lose more to tell you the truth. Uh, Liska, of course, who can eat anything, was feasting yep. up the whole time. But she's an Asian girl, and she's got good DNA, and I've got bad DNA. That's so to, as of today, I'm down to 124.2 kilos. What's so that, that? About 15, 15 yeah, dollars? Some, somewhere around that. Nice. And I've got another 44 to go, so I've got to get down to 80 kilos, or somewhere, somewhere like that. How are you going? Ah, uh, how am I going? Uh, what's what's happening this day in uh, history, mate? <laughs> what is it like that, really? Oh, I'm getting there. Like I, I haven't missed a day in the pool since I started back in late Feb. Are your clothes getting tighter or looser? Because he, just so mm. our listeners know, Hunty refuses to weigh himself, which I think is poor form. <laughs> in fact, I think he's a very poor sport because I have to weigh myself literally every day. And like for the, we're, we're shooting later tonight for. For Fat to Fit Project 60 I've got to weigh myself in public <laughs> He won't even weigh himself in private And tell me So the only way we can measure your hunty Is your clothes getting tighter or looser Or are they about the same Yeah sadly they're about the same But at least I'm getting healthier You feel that? Yeah yeah I can I can walk up a hill now without puffing What do you do in the pool every night? Or every morning? Um, I try and do 45 minutes of breaststroke mm-hmm. Up and back That's pretty, pretty hard work Yeah and then um I try and do a little bit of, um, you know, resistance training, like stomping around in the pool, running up and down inside it. And then I like to sit in the spa for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the spa that's cold, actually, at the moment. Yes. Uh, this day in history, May 16. May 16, what happened in history? Well, in 1792, Denmark abolished the slave trade. That's a good thing. I never even knew Denmark had a slave yeah, me trade. Either. Uh, in 1860, this is a big one, Abraham Lincoln, on May 16, 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected by the Republicans to contest the election and became president on November 6, 1860. What's that? About five months later. Mm. And one of the, arguably one of the greatest presidents in the history of the United States of America. In 1943, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Have you ever heard of that, Hunty? Uh, nope. Big. If you're into history like me, that's big, big, big. Uh, this was the first time that the Nazis were ever resisted by anyone in an urban setting, and it was Jews. Um, and they rose up. They were in the Warsaw Ghetto. They'd been walled in. There was about 700 Jewish fighters, and they rose up, and they fought like tigers. Um, most of them were killed in the fight, together with another 7,000 Jews. Mm. So they walled up in this ghetto. They weren't allowed out because they were the Jews. Man, the Nazis were evil. And these guys... Uh, rose up and fought to the death, uh, and that really, in 1943, on this day, May 16, that uprising ended. 7,000 Jews were then deported from that ghetto and murdered in Treblinka, and another 42,000 Jews who weren't deeply involved in the uprising but lived in that ghetto were deported to Lubin-Majenik concentration camp where most of them were murdered on November in November 1943 in a two-day shooting holocaust known by the Nazis Operation Harvest. So I say valet to those Jewish freedom fighters of Warsaw. Today I remember you. Brave, brave men. In 1960, what about this one, Hunty? Mm. Theodore Maimon. You ever heard of him? This uh, boy's nope. right. He's right down your alley. Okay. He fired the first laser. Oh, how cool. Have you ever heard of him? 
No. He's an American scientist. He's not with us now. Brilliant scientist. He developed, invented, if you like, the laser, and we've come a long way since then. In 1975, I didn't know this, Yuniko Tabel. She's a Japanese woman. She's dead too now. She died a few years ago. She'd be in her 80s if she was still alive, became the first woman to conquer Mount Everest. Oh, wow. And in 1986, oh, no, this is huge in your perspective, Hunty. Top Gun was released, making Tom Cruise an international star. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Haven't even seen seen her or the second one. I was waiting (laughs) for a reaction. Do you seriously haven't seen the first Top Gun? Uh, nope, I haven't been bothered. I haven't missed much. Okay. Oh, I better not say that. That's not nice. Um, birthdays, 1990, Liberace. You know who he is? I do. Great pianist. Apparently. Never saw him. I guess I saw him a few times on television as a boy, but he he, he was a show pianist, wasn't he? A, a guy who was uh, Las Vegas and that sort of thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He had, he had quite the stage show, lots of costume changes, some comedy, some jokes, a um, bit, bit of singing. You never saw him live. No, I wish. That would be really cool. Well, he was born in 1919 on this day, May 16. In 1953, so this guy's 10 years older than me, Pierce Brosnan was born. I don't know much about him, but he's a Hollywood actor. In 1966, Janet Jackson, who is Michael Jackson's sister, and she's apparently a pretty famous singer. She was born. Deaths, 1990. I could only find one. It was a low day in deaths in history, hunting. Okay. Sammy Davis Jr. died in 1990. So he was, apparently he was an entertainer too. He's part of the Rat Pack. So that, I don't even know what the Rat Pack is. <laughs> the three of the greatest entertainers uh, of the time. Who are? Oh, um, yes, can't remember. You'll come back to us on Yeah, that. I will. I I've will. never even heard of the Rat Pack. Oh. <laughs> anyway, wherever you are in Australia, as already said, big welcome to the program. We've got that out of the way. Hunter, yeah. you want to pray? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, this afternoon we come humbly before you to lift you high in our community, Lord. I especially pray right now for all of our listeners, Lord, that you will bless them abundantly, keep them safe and grant them peace. And especially, Lord, I pray today that you will uh, bless my mate Lloyd as he opens the Bible and shares uh, from the scriptures this afternoon. I pray that this in your precious name. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This song, It Will Be Worth It All, it's one of my favourites in my head at the moment. I have favourite songs, auntie, that go through my head. You know what? Life is pretty tough on this earth. Yep. Um, Yep. You go through ups and downs. You have good times in life. Sometimes you have some pretty bad times. Sometimes you've got times that go bad for you because of your own bad behaviour. You know what that's like, don't you, auntie? Mm. You've got to go through stuff and pay the consequences, which is not easy. But no matter where you are in life today, whether you're up or down, Remember, Jesus is coming. That's a biblical truth. Jesus says he is coming. And this song kind of talks about the perspective of when we get to heaven and we look back on this earth and we remember, because we will remember when we get to heaven, all the really good times and bad times. And then we'll look at Jesus and we'll look at heaven and we'll say it will be worth it all. Hope you enjoy this. to complain to murmur 
Am I on? You're on now. <laughs> that was you. Just so our listeners know, that wasn't me. Usually it's me who puts the delete. What, what do they call it? It's the, the mute button. The mute button. Yes. No, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> I pressed it. I must have pressed it twice. <laughs> um, that's a beautiful song. And, and we need the, the timer on too, hunty. Loving this. Yes. That's, that's two. That's zero from two now. <laughs> two, two's it. Have, <laughs> I, have I... No, no, you, no it's pretty smashed. Um, some news fresh. stories, mate. <laughs> Two-hour flight between Sydney and London. What do you think about that? Absolutely brilliant. Do you know how they're doing that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. They're going up into space, subspace they call it, and uh, they're going to break the Concorde record, and they reckon they'll be able to fly between two, two hours between Sydney and Brisbane. I think you oh, don't, in Brisbane, I don't think you actually. I don't think you actually know what's going on. To be honest, well, I can only go from what I read in the article. So, okay, so I'll tell you really what's going on. So you know more than the article. I, I, know, I know exactly what's going on. Once you get up out, just out of the, the gravitational grasp of the Earth, that's right. The Earth is spinning very, very fast. Mm. So basically, you go up, you wait there as the Earth spins, and then you come back down. That's good, isn't it? It's very cool. Yeah, so spinning, uh, that's what gives us the day, our 24 hours. That's the spin that we're talking about. Yeah, the Earth's rotating around the sun, it's actually, it's around that, its own axis. Yeah, around its axis. Rotating around the sun, it's doing some th- many thousands of miles an hour, isn't it? Even around its own axis, is going very, very fast as well. Yeah, but not the same rate as it goes around the sun. I'll get you the speed. I'll just quickly Google that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculously fast. It would be good. And while you're doing that, we'll go to the next one. Truckies are complaining. Now, my brother's a truckie, and he's in on this. Truckies are complaining of the way cars drive. Fair enough, too. You're a truckie. You are a truckie. I've done a lot of driving of trucks, yep. Yeah, semi-trailers, B-doubles, a whole lot. Yeah, the, the, the main problem is a lot of people who drive small cars just have no concept of how long it takes. you say small cars, are you just saying cars? or? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much cars. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you have no concept that... A truck takes a fair amount of distance to stop extra to a car. And so they so rip you, in in front. If you cut in front of a truck and jam I've your brakes on... I've seen them do it. I've seen yeah, them do yeah, it. they do it. Then um, you really upset the trucks because they have to reef their brakes on as hard as they can and sometimes take evasive action. And also going around corners. A lot of people don't realise that a truck needs... Yeah. Depends on the size of the hey, corner. Two lanes. I've done that. Truck's got his <laughs> blinker on to go left. He's in the far lane. Yep. I, I'm, th- I, I'm not concentrating properly. I can't see the blinker because I'm not watching properly. Once I did this and I ripped up the inside, oh boy, he smoked that guy. He was <laughs> he was, uh, he was, was very unhappy with me. I could see the steam coming out the... And rightly so too. You've got to be careful. Hey, um, I just Googled how fast the Earth is spinning. Yep, yep. 1,000 miles an hour. And how many times, are, how fast it's spinning around the Earth? No, that's how fast it's spinning on its own axis. Yeah, how, how fast it's spinning around the Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not so not around th- the Earth, so around the 40, sun. You go 40,000 kilometres a day. Well, yeah, but how how fast is it spinning around the sun? Oh, okay. Let me see. I think it's 26,000 mile an hour or some crazy... Um, anyway, I'm not a scientist. No, just I'm, Google it. I'm not going to put myself up there. <laughs> That's for sure on this one, auntie. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about uh, this last news article we've got while you're looking oh, for Oh, 107,000 kilometres an hour. Ooh. That's how fast we're ripping around the universe. Yeah, Amazing. but doesn't it spin on its own axis? Yes. Doesn't it spin around the sun too? That's what I'm saying. Around its own axis, it's a um, thousand miles an hour, but around the sun, it's a thousand, a hundred and seven thousand kilometres. Oh, something an hour. doesn't sound right about that. 
Oh. If you want to correct us, what would you uh, do, Hunty? Yes. <laughs> Get onto our text line, uh, 0488 880851, or email us, at gmail.com. Let us know what we're getting wrong you here. You do that too if you've got a um, question for the Aussie pastor later on. Yes. This last one, Hunty. Yes. More rates, heights. More rate. The, 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 the minutes for the Reserve Bank come, came out. There's more rate hikes coming. They reckon they won't um, reach a peak until 2025. Look, the reason they're putting their interest rates up is they're trying to control inflation, and nobody wants inflation, but... Look, if they're going to control inflation, deal with the big companies that are causing the inflation. <laughs> yes. I don't believe, and I, again, can stand corrected, Hunty, that it's the little guys that are driving this. I'm meeting more and more people out there who are really struggling. I'm talking to a guy today on the phone who says, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, he's... he's, he's House repayments have gone up hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So why continue to hit the little guy when it's the big multinational companies that are jacking the price up and everything? Gas, fuel, uh, commodities, you name it, Hunt. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're yeah. jacking the price up and they just keep going. There's no stopping. That's what's fueling inflation. reason you're paying more for your cup of coffee or your burger is inflation. I mean, Hunty, you, 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 what? You, you buy a Subway every day, you're paying another... Seven or eight dollars, and what you were a year or so back for for your yeah. veggie delight sub subway. Yeah, I, it depends on which subway I go to. It's around seven or eight dollars. Yeah. If I'm unlucky, it's fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Did you work out what you went away to look at online, or no? I decided to let someone else work it out okay. for spinning me in the earth. <laughs> All but right. The numbers that I got is 107,000 kilometres around. I'd like to hear from someone on that. And a thousand miles an hour on its own axis. Yeah. So when you see these things, a two-hour flight between Sydney and London, an explosion in knowledge. When you see the anger that's on the roads, not just from truckies to cars, but cars to cars, cars to trucks, there's a lot of angry people on the road, Hunty. Mm-hmm. Often, you and me say, often we're in the US where they've got guns, yep. we never even toot the horn. No, we just pull everyone past. We do. And when you see the difficulties, the financial difficulties coming to the world, and it's not going to get worse, not going to get better, it'll get worse, look up, because soon you're going to see Jesus come. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This is a congregational song. It's called Each Step I Take. I like the song a whole lot. I've just introduced it to um, New Hope. And the reason I've got a church, Cloverdale Baptist, actually singing this is because cause a lot of people say, oh, what are you playing church music for? Well, we are a religious program to start off with. So that kind of makes sense. But I want to give you a sense of what it's like if you don't go to church. And I know there's a lot of Aussies out there listening to this program who don't go to church. I want to give you a sense of what it could be like in certain churches, certainly like this in our church, New Hope, what it's like, what the music is like, and what it's like to sing, stand up and sing and praise God. So this is kind of a church song. Yep. No apologies for that, because I want to give you a taste of church. Go for it, auntie. Each step I take, I save
Hey man, isn't that lovely? Something about that, those good old songs that just seem to have a, a real deep ring to them. Amen. Love it. We got a special tonight, Brother Jean and um, Brother Philip, and I think a few others, I'm not sure. If they would come, get ready for their special. <clears throat> Let's sing that chorus once again. And Each step I take, I know that He will What you got there is a little taste of what it's like in church singing. Yep. And it's good. It's enjoyable. Uh, every week we do that in our church. We sang that song actually in our church last week. And it's just a joy to be able to meet with other believers and praise God in music. And I know the music is a little bit different than what a lot of people are listening out there in the community. That's okay. You get in there, you get used to it, and you love it. And it's really, really powerful stuff. I'm about to share with you a um, video that we did. Oh, I think it was probably last Friday night. It's the fourth program in a series called Breaking Chains. And we've been looking at how to break addictions, uh, how to resist temptation. You know, we all struggle, Hunty, when it comes to addictions and yep. temptations. We're good at judging each other. Yep. When we fall, which is not real bright and not real smart, because I always think when I see a, a man or a woman struggling with temptation and addictions and sin, I think, well, there, but by the grace of God, am I? And I've been in that place, and I know what it's like to be judged. God is not like that. And in this series, we've we've been looking at what you can do to escape really powerful addictions and sins. And this is the fourth in a. Well, it's going to be a four-part series, but I turned it into a five-part series in this actual program. Hunty, where would they go if they wanted to go back and watch it live on YouTube or Facebook? To Look, the, the best place to go is to go to YouTube, and that's Aussie Pasta YouTube channel, which is www.youtube slash c slash Aussie Pasta. Just, just put Aussie Pasta yeah, in the search exactly. YouTube. Or the Aussie Pasta Facebook page. It's Same just as thing. Good. Yep. Just search for it, and you'll yep. see it there. Yep. All right, let's roll it, Hunty. Okay. See what you think. Yep. Welcome to part four of our series, Breaking Chains, and tonight we're going to look at how to nuke a demon. August 6, 1945. This bomb, they called it Little Boy, was put on this plane, the Enola Gay, and was taken by this plane crew to Hiroshima, Japan, where they dropped, where they dropped this bomb. I'm going to show you some pictures of what this atomic bomb, August 6, 1945, the first bomb ever, the first atomic bomb ever dropped on humankind. I want to show you some pictures of what happened. And to do that, I just want to show you the pictures. I'm just going to stay silent because I want you to get a feel of the gravity of this atomic bomb.
few years ago, I went with my wife to Japan. We went around that beautiful country, had a fantastic time. We're on the bullet trains. We're traveling all over the country. And then we came to this place, Hiroshima. And I went to the Peace Museum. And together with the Holocaust prison camp in Germany called Dachau that I went to a few years before that, visiting this Peace Museum in Hiroshima and seeing the damage and the brutality and the devastation of this atomic weapon that the Allies of the Americans dropped on Japan, it was one of the most sobering moments, events of my life. To nuke something, you know what it actually means? It means to totally obliterate, annihilate, demolish, destroy until there is absolutely, totally nothing left. To nuke something. And tonight, I want to show you how to nuke a demon. I want to show you how to nuke the sins and the temptations and the addictions that demons do. You follow what I'm about to share with you tonight. You're going to have 100% success against any sin, any addiction, Anything that the demons that Satan has thrown at you, you could have been caught in it for decades, for most of your life. You do what I'm about to show to you tonight, and you will win. Nuke the demon. Nuke the sin. You know, Aussies, we're a tough lot. Well, we used to be anyway. When we came across on that first fleet, the convicts, we landed in a tough, in a barren land. And my own family goes back to the Irish convicts. So I think you'll find most Aussies that have been here at least for 30 or 40 years, there's a little bit of convict blood in all of us. And if you want to know how tough this country was, Australia, to land in all those years back, all you've got to do is go up into the Blue Mountains and try and thrash your way through a bit of bush up there and you'll realise that it was the convicts, it was the soldiers, it was the early settlers that cleared this bush for towns and hamlets and schools and later hospitals and roads. Yeah, we are a tough lot. And if you really want to get a sense and feel of how tough we are, go and read Henry Lawson's The Drover's Wife about an early wife of a drover who, with her three kids, is in their little hut out in the bush and a snake slithers into the hut and underneath the floorboard and there she waits all night with a shotgun with her three kids for that snake to come out. Yep, we are a tough, tough lot. We're resilient. We're stubborn. Aussies are resourceful. We're independent and we're hardworking. And Australians, and I've known this for a long, long time, Australians... Maybe because we're so tough, we're just not into God. And subsequently, most Aussies are not into church. Although it can be argued that both God and religion do play a place in Australian history. The average Aussie doesn't have much time anyway for either. Because of that, and I kind of think this is sad, and I've thought about it for a long time, most Aussies know nothing about the Bible. They don't even know the basics of the scripture. And you could be sitting here watching this tonight and and don't turn off. You may be one of those Australians who knows absolutely nothing totally about the Bible. And the problem with that is it's the Bible, not just for Christians, but for the world that defines what right and wrong is. And the Bible lists a million sins. Well, I'm exaggerating, but it seems like that. Adultery, fornication, LGBTIQ, stealing, lying, violence, murder, gossip, selfishness, anger, blasphemy, greed. There's just a few. And most Australians, when they're confronted either by Christians or by the Bible itself on what sin is, they kind of have three, well, in my time, 
32 years in ministry, I've seen them have three reactions to the Bible defining. Remember what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that the Bible defines sin. Well, Aussies have three reactions to that. The first one is they're surprised. A lot of Aussies are surprised at what the Bible defines as sin. Why? Because they never read it. Sometimes they get frustrated. I guess they kind of don't like what the Bible is saying sin is and what is wrong and what is right. And it frustrates them. And then I see this more and more in the days we live in today. They get angry. They get angry when they hear about, when they see what the Bible defines sin is. I could have put a fourth one in there and I didn't. They ignore it or a fifth one or they try to change it. Hmm. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. You know, we look in the Bible and we see all these things that defines as sin. I think the problem we all suffer is there are sins in the Bible that at some time or another that the Bible defines as wrong, that we've suffered from, that are part of our life, that we're addicted to, that we like, that we get pleasure from. The sins of the Bible. The Bible defining right and wrong. The trouble Aussies have in accepting that. It truly, truly is a problem. I just went on a boat this week. In fact, I only just made it here tonight to tell you the truth. Put a lot of pressure on our producer director here. Handed the program in late tonight. Uh, the boat was called the uh, Pacific Adventurer. It's a P&O boat, pretty cheap boat, nice boat. But nevertheless, I'm in a Uber. I went in an Uber for the first time in my life. Shows how ancient now to touch I am with stuff. Never been in an Uber before. But I caught the Uber from my place to the train station. I'm sitting in the car on the way to the train to take us to the boat with this Uber driver and he looked at our bags and he saw the ticket for P&O because he helped us put the bags in the boot. Good Uber drivers get out and put bags in the boot. The Uber driver today on the way home, he never helped us put the bags in the boot. Not real impressed. But this Uber driver helps us put the bags in the boot. He sees the ticket with P&O on it. He says, are you going on a cruise? Yeah, we're going on a cruise. I'm going on a cruise in about five weeks' time, are you? Where are you going? Well, we're spending 10 days and we're going out to the islands, he said. We're going to go for a circular little route around the islands. Um, he said, where are you going? I said, well, we're just going for three or four days up to Tangalooma and back. This is just a, a very quick cruise that we went on, very cheap. In fact, I'll tell you, we only paid $275 for it. Can you believe that? For a five-day cruise. Just amazing. And we were such a loss for them because we don't drink, we don't gamble. We went on that cruise and we just ate and slept and read and swam and did all these beautiful things on this cruise. Anyway, he says, I'm going on a cruise in 10 days' time. He said, you know what? I've just spent $1,200 on an account that gives me unlimited alcohol. Well, I went on this cruise this week. You know the thing I noticed? Right around that boat, strategically placed, a little bars everywhere. And everywhere you sit, you can sit down for no longer than 10 seconds and a waiter's come to you and he's offering you a drink of some sort. And I saw people drinking like I haven't seen for a long, long time. They're drinking in their... I guess you can see them take the drink back to their cabins. They were drinking in the the dining room. They were drinking even here in the theatre for the shows. Everywhere you go, there's people drink, drink, drink. And when we got off the boat boat today, I said to Lizka, you know what, I think some of these people are going to really struggle to drive home. It's going to take them 25 days just to sober up from all the booze that's been drunk on this boat. And, you know, as we were leaving, I looked across... And there's a forklift forking just crates of booze back onto the boat for its next trip, which is just a three-day trip out into the Pacific and back. Again, another booze fest. 
Aussies are addicted to alcohol. One thing that the Bible defines as not a great idea, a sin, a wrong, slipping into darkness. And I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying the Bible identifies these addictions. They grab a hold of us. And the thing is, as we've been looking in this series, they grab a hold of you and we cannot escape them. They are a part of us. They're deep inside. They're intrinsic to us. Some of these sins, and I don't argue with people on this, it seems that they're almost in our DNA that we're born with them and we just can't overcome them. And so this little series of only four programs is about showing you how to overcome these addictions. And in the first program, we look simply at the fact that Jesus does not judge you or condemn you for your sins. Number one program. If you haven't seen it, go back to Aussie Pastor YouTube or Facebook page and watch it. It's important. No matter what sin you've got, no matter how deeply you're addicted to it, Jesus does not judge you for it. Number two, we looked at program two. Hang around Jesus. Go to church. Get into Bible study. Join a Bible study group. Hang around anywhere Jesus is because when you're hanging around Jesus, the demons who attack you with these temptations and addictions, they struggle to hang around too. So hanging around Jesus is a good thing. And the third one we looked at was, and I've got to go back to it. I'm running through my slides here. Run from your sins. Run from the addictions. Run from the temptations as fast and as hard as you can. So they're the first three programs. Tonight, what I want to show you just for a few moments, and this is real quick, I'll tell you what, it's real powerful. If you're really going to escape a sin, you've got to learn to nuke the demon, and you've got to learn to nuke the sin. And so the question is, how do I nuke, nuke a demon? How do I nuke a sin? It's real easy. Now, before I show you, I want to remind you something. If you've got an addiction in your life that you can't overcome, that the Bible's defined as a sin, it might give you pleasure. You might like it. You might enjoy it. You might want it. You might want to keep doing it, but there's something deep inside you that's calling you. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the third person of the Godhead. That's God himself calling you away from it. So you've tried to get away from it. You can't get away from it. It's impossible. You've tried some of these things that I've shared with you. It's still got a hold of you. It's still got you in change. You're still in a deep, dark dungeon, and you cannot escape. And if you've got a sin like that and you think you can, well, try and see what happens. Because I tell you, a lot of these sins have us around the throat. They are a part of our DNA and we cannot escape them. Now, if that's you tonight, if you do what I'm about to share with you, if you get nothing else that I've told you, and this is fast, this is quick, this is easy, i only be with you a few more minutes. If you do this, I want to guarantee that you will. There is not a shadow of a doubt overcome the sin. Little story in the Bible, this is Jesus. And he tells this story. And he tells a story because he's telling us how to overcome the most ferocious of sins. Luke chapter 11, verse 24. When an evil spirit, Jesus says, leaves a person, that's just saying, well, look, when somebody decides to overcome a sin, that they want the sin out, and they come to Jesus and they repent, and you've got to do that, and you ask Jesus in your heart, and you want to follow Jesus, well, that's what it means when an evil spirit leaves a person. Because the evil spirit won't leave a person unless you make a, a grab for Jesus. Uh, unless you make a decision for Jesus, then the evil spirit will leave. That's what Jesus is talking about here. When evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. See what happens here? The demon goes out. The person's life changes. The sin and the temptation and the addiction is gone, and they go, Oh, I've got the victory. No one understands sin and temptation and addictions better than me. 
I've been battling them all my life. I know the game. I know how hard it is, and I know what it's like to think, oh, the temptation's gone. I ask God. He's, he, he's come to me. The temptation's gone. I, I'm no longer feeling the temptation. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm safe. I'm free. And I've felt that with some sins that I've had in my life for decades. I'm free. But then this happens. The demon returns. It finds that the former home, the person, is swept and in order. Then the spirit finds, verse 26, seven other evil spirits. These are demons. More evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so the person is worse off than before. The house, the life is empty. There's no one there. There's no one home. And so seven demons move back in. Have you ever experienced that? (coughs) I remember attending many evangelistic programs. There are programs where people get up and preach and teach about Jesus, making decisions for Jesus, giving my life to him, feeling like I've got a new start. And within days, not weeks, after the program's finished and I come down off the mountain into the valley into normal life, I'm in trouble again. I'm in massive trouble. In fact, I'm actually behaving worse than I was before the programs or whatever happened that was bringing me to Jesus occurred. And this is a a devastating experience that so many people go through. Well, if the demons turn up and the house is empty, perhaps the problem is that when they showed up, the house was empty. And if the house was empty, they can move in. But what if when the demons turn up, the house is full? What if there's no room in the house? What if there's no room in the heart? What if there's no room in the life? Because the house, because the life is already full. I want to put it to you that if you want a nuke a demon, if you've got a if you want to nuke an addictive sin, then come to Jesus, repent, ask him to be your saviour then do this. Most important thing I'll say in this series, if you do this, you win. Luke 11, verse 11. You fathers, said Jesus, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? No, of course not. Verse 12. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? That's the secret. Go to Jesus. Confess your sin. He won't judge you. Hang around Jesus. Spend time in the Bible every day. If you're not going to church, go to church. You're with believers. Hang with Jesus. Practice running from your sin. But above all else, above all else, above all else, ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, to possess you, to possess your mind and your heart, to live inside of you. Then when that demon comes back 
and he knocks on your heart door with his seven evil mates full of all sorts of vices and temptations and addictions, they will find Jesus through the Holy Spirit living inside you and they can't get in. Now, it doesn't mean they can't tempt you. They still can. But they can't tempt you from within. And I want to tell you there's a lot of difference from being tempted from within and from without. When you're tempted from within, the sin is a part of you. It it is a part of your DNA. It is a part of your experience. It's a part of who you are, and it's very difficult to resist. But when you're being tempted from without, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. He's telling you how to live your life. He's filled up all the rooms. There's no room for the demons to get in. And you will start to experience victory after victory after victory. The secret is to be, it's called in the Bible, born again, is to have the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your life, leading and guiding you, a part of you, and you guaranteed 100%. You do that. You pray that prayer morning. Dear Lord Jesus, bring the Holy Spirit into my life. The door is open. Come and live inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray that same prayer at night. I actually pray it three times minimum a day, morning, lunch, and night. You pray that prayer, the Holy Spirit will come inside of you, and you will win, guaranteed. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, Hunty. Yeah, mate. How are you going with questions for the Aussie pastor? Oh, you know what? We could still use a few more. Let me give it a quick plug. If you would like to send in your question for the Aussie pastor, you can send it in to us one of two ways. You can text us on 0488-880851, or you can email us, and the email address is theaussiepastor at gmail.com. Okay. I'd love to see your questions. Uh, Have we got a few? Um, Yeah, I've got a handful so far. One just came in, which, which should be good. Okay. Um, this next song, I Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now, is talking about on the way to heaven, not going to let anything get in the way. There's nothing more important. And it's from P- Ponder Sykes and someone, <laughs> Hunty, and I don't know who that is because it's gone it's cut off. <laughs> Enjoy it. Still I wouldn't take nothing on my journey 
nothing in the world that could ever take the place of God's love. Silver and gold could never buy a mighty touch from above. And when my soul needs healing and I begin to feel in his power, that's when I say thank you, Lord, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Oh, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I gotta make it to heaven somehow, though the devil tempts me, tries to turn me around. He's offered everything that's got a name, all the wealth I want, world and fame. If I could, still I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Hey, it's your turn. Sing it. It's actually Ponder, Sykes, Wright, and Vestal Goodman. And Vestal Goodman, she recorded that song not long before she died, and I think she died well into her 70s. Wow. Maybe. So she's an old lady when she... She certainly adds to it, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She's a tremendous singer, actually. Yep. And that's a great little song. It is. Um, I enjoy it very much, to be honest. <laughs> no, I want to just talk a little bit further, Hunty, about what I was speaking about. And by the way, you were, just so you know, listening to a video that was recorded for video for television. Yes. That's why there was a gap there at the beginning for those of who were listening because I was actually showing pictures. I better not do that again, Hunty, if we're going to use that here. No, we should just be um, mindful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I wasn't thinking about radio when I was doing that. And what? What? Yeah, no, I won't bother going into it. Um, temptation and sins, especially the ones that give you pleasure, aren't easy. mm and I think a couple of things here, and I've mentioned this a few times, we're really hard on those who are being tempted and even harder, and I'm talking, I suppose, about Christians here for a moment, we can be even harder on those who fall. Whereas out in the world, a lot of the temptations and sins that are committed that Christians look down upon and frown upon are actually celebrated out in the world, aren't they, Hunty? So it's not a, it's not, <laughs> yes. it's not a big deal out there, do you know what I mean? Yes. But... Somewhere, somehow in this Christian walk through our lives, we've got to find a way to overcome sin and temptation, but the ones we like. Talking about the sins that give us pleasure. Yep. Um, 
one of the most difficult sins I've, well, not sins, challenges I've ever faced, Hunty, well, it can be a sin, uh, is, is food. Oh, me too. What I call gluttony, you know, overeating. Um, and that's where, I guess that's where I was. Since I've gone on this journey of, uh, of weight loss, I've spoken to my wife about how difficult it is to curb my appetite. So how difficult? I don't know whether you've found that, Hunty, on your oh, journey. but it's, a, it's killing me. It's very, very difficult. Um, and someone once said, if you can curb and control appetite, you can com- curb and control anything. But the problem is, and I think we've got to get this in our heads as human beings, we can't control sin. Mm. You've got hold of a beast that you just cannot subdue. And I've seen good people, and I've experienced this myself, who want to follow God. They want to be a believer. They want to follow Jesus. But try as they might, they can't overcome the sin. And they spend months and years and decades dogged by the same sin that keeps in the same temptation, that keeps dragging them in deeper and deeper till finally it swamps them and drowns them and that's the end of it and they die in their sin with no hope never becoming an overcomer and i don't think jesus well i know jesus never designed that he wants us to be overcomers Mm, mm. but he wants us to be gracious to others who like you who are listening and you and me hunty who are speaking here want to overcome yep and i was speaking about the importance in that last little program that I ran that you've just heard here on this radio station, I was talking about the the necessity that when you go to God and repent, and if you don't know how to repent, and I've said this a few times on this radio station, go to Psalm 51, and there you've got the repentance prayer of David the king, written thousands of years ago. Now, what did David do? Can you remember, Hunty? Question without notice. <laughs> do you remember what he did? To be honest, I was kicking up my Bible for the next part. <laughs> do you remember what he did, David? Well, not really. I'll move on. Hunty's having a brain blank. No, no, I'm just, I know, I'm just I know, getting my Bible ready. I know he does remember. Um, he committed adultery with his friend's wife. Oh, yeah, that was pretty bad. Which is yeah. bad enough. Did he, send, but, did he send his friend out onto the front lines of the army to get him killed as Then well? he calls the friend back and tries to get him to go to his wife. And he wouldn't go because the friend had been in battle with the army. And he right. said, well, the army's out there. I'm not going to my wife. So then David sends him back to battle with a, a message. So he carries the message. He's, um, the name of David's friend was Uriah. And he carries the message back to the battle and gives it to Job, the commander, the general. And that message that he carried from David was put this guy, Uriah, up near the front of the battle, then withdraw and let him be killed. So he took his own death message from the hand of David back to Job, the general. Can you believe that? No, that's disgraceful. So he, he not only slept with his best mate's wife, he then went and murdered one of his best friends. Yeah. And it was one of his best friends. Uriah, if you read the Bible, came to him very early in life. He was a Hittite, actually, and he, he changed gods and followed the God of heaven and changed um, allegiances from the Hittites, who were the enemies of Israel, to David, the king. And it, Well, he wasn't the king even when David first met up with Uriah. He was actually, David was a vagabond escaping in the desert from his father-in-law, Saul, who wanted to kill him because he was jealous of him. So it's quite a story, and if you go to Psalm 51, you'll read the repentance prayer of David. And the reason I encourage you to go there is because 
repentance is the key to overcoming temptation and sin, hunty. Yep, for sure. You've got to repent. Yep. And when you go to God, tell it how it is. Lord, I've got troubles. I can't overcome this sin and then talk about that particular sin. doesn't matter how ashamed you are of it. doesn't matter where the sin's taken you. God knows anyway. Talk to him. Tell him you're sorry. And then ask for the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason for that is the moment you say you're sorry to the Lord, he rushes into your heart. And he forgives you, and he clean. He begins to clean you up almost immediately. Do you know that, Hunty? Yes. But here's the deal. You've got to continue that relationship with Jesus day by day. You've got to continue to ask the Holy Spirit to stay in your heart and in your mind and in your life, because if you don't, then the demons will come back, but it won't be one that comes back. It'll be seven, and they'll be worse than the, you'll mm. be worse off than what mm. you were before you met Jesus and repented. Mm. So this is a daily thing. And I want to talk about this. They call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, asking the Holy Spirit to stay in your heart and in your mind and in your body, really, constantly. It's God inside of you possessing you so that when the demons come back, you'll still be tempted, but you won't be tempted from within, as I was sharing earlier. You're going to be tempted from without. And it's easier to, 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 to combat a temptation that's without than that's within. So let's read this story of Jesus as he illustrates what I'm talking about more uh, succinctly and more powerfully than I can. John, John chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Uh, yep. Andrew? Got it. Yeah. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? Hey, hey, you've got John 3, oh. 1 to 3, oh. verses 1 through to 3. Uh, not verses 4 to 8. Okay. Can you, can you read it for me? Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Probably came to speak with Jesus after dark simply because he was ashamed to be seen with Jesus. Yep. Jesus and the Pharisees were not friends. Uh, Jesus and the leaders of Israel were not friends. And this guy is a leader in Israel. So he comes to Jesus after dark. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence of that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. And this is, this is the key. This is the one key above all else to overcoming sin. I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus has no idea what Jesus is talking about. And you pick that up. Have you got it now, Hunter? You got your Bible open? Yes. Verses got it. four to six. You want to read that? Sure. Yeah. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Fair question, don't you reckon, hunting? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, what are you talking about? I know. What, what is Jesus talking about when he yeah. says you should be born again? And you know what? Most Aussies haven't got a clue either. No. When I tell you that you've got to be born again to overcome any... Look, the reason people struggle and battle to overcome temptation... And sin, especially ones they, they like that are part of their DNA. Do you know what I'm saying there, Hardy? Yeah, yeah. Almost a part of who you are is because, and look, it's a brutal thing to say because they're not, you're not, we're not, I'm not, am not born again. If you're born again, you will overcome anything. Yep. If you're not, you won't. And this is the problem, not born again. Go on, Hunty. Okay, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. 
The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Yeah, so this is almost inexplainable. So here I am, a pastor on radio, and I can't tell you how this exactly happens. But when you go to God and you repent, you ask Him to send the Holy Spirit, and He works a miracle inside of you. And I don't know how it happens. It just happens, auntie. For sure. It's incredible. I want to move on pretty quick because I want to look at how you can actually ask the Holy Spirit to come into you because it's really important. Because it's the Holy Spirit in you that's going to proof you against temptation and sin, especially the ones that you like and you enjoy that you can't overcome. Now, if you've got a habit and a sin and you think you can overcome it without doing what I'm now telling you, go and have a go because I tell you what, you'll fail every time. That's right. You will not succeed. You have a no-show, you have a no-hope, and how do I know? Because I've tried to do it over and over and over and over, and there is no way forward. It's kind of this thing with Jesus. You're either all in. And then you're going to be successful, victorious, and you're an overcomer. But if you're a half-hearted, if you're not into it really, if you're lukewarm on it, you've got a no-show. And if you, if you never do it, you've got no hope. And then you get to the point where rather than trying to overcome the sin, you accept the sin. Once you've accepted the sin, it becomes a part of you. Then you celebrate it. And once you celebrate it, the sin, then you start to take offense at those who tell you that it is a sin. Mm. Does that make sense, hunty? Sad but true. Yeah, it's part of me. It's who I am. How dare you tell me that what I am is a sinner? Well, you are. I am. We are. And we need to overcome. And the only way we overcome is if we're born again. The only way we're born again is if we've got the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit, hunty? Luke 11, 9 to 30. Read it through. I won't interrupt. Okay, got it. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, Here we go. how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So you're burdened down by sin. You've got a temptation you can't overcome. You enjoy it. You're being drawn back to it, strangely drawn, powerfully drawn back to it over and over and over. You know it's wrong. You want it. You don't want it in your life, but you can't get rid of it. Well, do this. Get down on your knees, repent, and what, hunty? Ask. Ask, yeah. Ask for the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. And keep asking. Keep asking, yep. It's a daily, it's an hourly, it's a weekly, it's a monthly experience. You just keep asking. So when I'm under temptation, I get plenty of them. And I know what it's like to fall into sin. I know what it's like to be a failure. I know what it's like to be ashamed of my sins. I know what it's like to be exposed for my sins. I know the damage it causes me. I've seen the damage it's caused those I love. I've seen the shame that times I've brought on the cause of God with my sins. I get all that. The only way I can overcome is to be in a relationship with Jesus. And what's that mean? When I'm on my knees in prayer, I ask for the Holy Spirit to come and live inside me. I ask for it. How would you ask, Hunty? What would you say? I um, I jump on my knees. And, talk to and what would you say? Just tell, talk to give Lord. our listeners what you'd actually say when well, you're asking for the Holy specific, Spirit. Specific, you know, say, dear Lord, I've messed up again, but I need your help. Please 
send me the Holy Spirit to strengthen me and help me to beat this. That's it. Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent, but I'm going nowhere. I need you to possess me. Send the Holy Spirit. I want to be born again. Something like Hunty just said something like I just said. It's all the same. Yep. Ask for the Holy Spirit. And if you ask for him, here's the interesting thing. He will come. You will see the supernatural start to happen. So what happens when you get the Holy Spirit, Auntie? Yep. Galatians 5, 22, 23. Yep. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is beautiful, mate. Love, joy, peace, patience, <laughs> kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You will sense, you will feel, you will hear the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you will see the Holy Spirit, you will hear him, he will talk to you in resounding tones. And the important thing is when he talks to you, hunty, yep. obey. Is it easy to obey the Holy Spirit? No. Do I always want to obey the Holy Spirit? No. Do I sometimes obey the Holy Spirit and I feel awful and I want to go the other way and I don't feel spiritual, I don't feel close to God, but I still obey him? Yes. Again, do I feel good? No. But I do it anyway. I listen to him and I do it. Does that make sense, mm, Hunty? It does. So if I'm watching some movie that's destructive to my walk with Christ and, I, and I'm enjoying it and the Holy Spirit comes to me and tells me, hey, and he does, Hunty. Mm. Yeah, me too. That I, happened to me in the boat I last week. <laughs> People think this is a pathetic illustration, but it's real and it was powerful to me. I went to one of the shows. Yep. The show starts immediately. The Holy Spirit says, you shouldn't be in here. Mm. I start to argue with him. He says, get out. No, not yet. Oh, let's see. It might get better. No, get out. I lasted five minutes. I said, Liz, I've got to go. She said, yeah, I know. She'd been watching me. And she was <laughs> the same Holy Spirit was talking to her. And I don't like getting up in the middle of shows and going out, hunting. I kind of think it's rude. Yep. But I got up and I bent over and I apologised and I was in the middle, you know. Liska makes me sit in the middle right down the front. You know how I hate that, hunty. Of course. I, here I am in the middle right down the front in front, in front of maybe a thousand people in this show. I don't know how many they fit. How many do they fit in those boats? Yeah, 800 to 1,000. And I'm bending over and I'm headed out. Why? Because I listened to the Holy Spirit. Did I want to say, stay? Yeah, yeah, probably. Did I want to go? Yeah, no, probably not. Did it make me feel good? No, I felt ashamed to get up and disrupt everybody's experience in there. But the Holy Spirit said, Lord, you've got to go. And when the Holy Spirit says, go, go, obey, 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 obey. And where we fall down as Christians here is we don't obey. Mm. So you could be caught in sexual, sexual sin, pornography. The Holy Spirit will say, turn that computer off. I don't want to. Turn it off. Well, you've got to obey. Do you feel good about it? No, probably not. Do you want to continue to experience the pleasure of pornography? Yeah, probably. But when the Holy Spirit comes to you, what do you do? He says, stop. You hear him. You can hear him. You know God's there. You obey. Does that make sense, Mm -hmm. hunting? Mm -hmm. And when you obey, and the Holy Spirit, look, you pray for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. You ask him to live inside your heart, inside your mind to possess you. He's going to come to you almost instantly. Well, he comes instantly, but you will hear him within the first 24 hours, not years, Mm -hmm. hours of praying that prayer. You will hear him. And the question is then, so you've asked for, you've repented. God's accepted that repentance. Mm. You're in a sin you can't escape. God gets that. You pray for the indwelling for the Holy Spirit to come. You're born again. He sends the Holy Spirit. You are, look, Jesus is not going to die on the cross and not send you the Holy Spirit. Yep. So he sends you the Holy Spirit. He comes into your heart. But then he starts to talk to you. The key and where most people fall down is they've had that experience, they don't obey. Yep. And I'm telling you, obey. If you don't obey, 
you go back to this, hunting Galatians mm, 5, mm. 19 to 23. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual, immor- sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, diversion, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. You'll go straight back. If you do not obey the Holy Spirit when he talks to you, you'll go straight back to where you came from. And all these things, drunkenness, wild parties, selfish ambition, dissension, division, outbursts of anger, hostility, quarrel, it's all going to be there, aren't but if you obey and you keep asking for the Holy Spirit, step by beautiful step, he's going to take you out of the sin. Mm. How do I know? Because he's doing it for me, hunty, right this yep. moment. Yep. I'm being dragged out sometimes of terrible sin. Sometimes you don't even realize it's a sin. That's the other thing the Holy Spirit does. I'm going to talk more about the Holy Spirit next week and what he does. But it's so important, and this is the message most people forget, hunty. Mm. The Holy Spirit is the one who will drag you, will show you the way out of the sin. Step by step. It's beautiful. The key is, I'm going to close on this, hunty. Mm-hmm. The key is obey. You hearing me, mate? I'm hearing you. Obey. Obey. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This is this uh, these three again. Ponder mm. Sykes, and I'm looking for the last <laughs> name. Sykes and Wright. And Wright. How on did you Sykes get that? Right. Did you just remember? I've got it on my screen. <laughs> oh, how come you got it on your screen? I haven't got it on mine. Uh, the, the screen that plays back the videos, I've got it on my screen. Oh. It's like the clip's labelled. Okay. <laughs> These are Gaither singers, actually, hunty. Yeah, yeah. They sing for Gaither. Nice. And, they sing, and, and this song, Higher Ground, it's a hymn that we sing at church. These guys uh, whip it along pretty hard and they lift it I like I like this but um, it's talking about how the Holy Spirit God takes you onto what sort of ground higher ground higher ground away That's from it. the temptations away from the sin away from the failure God if you let him if you invite the Holy Spirit into your heart like I've been saying and you obey God will and I, I know this for a fact with any sin, any temptation, no matter how deep it is, no matter how much it's a part of your DNA, God will, through the Holy Spirit who's living inside of you because you're born again, step by step, if you, what, hunty? Obey. obey. If you obey, God will take you to higher ground. Here's my buddy David Ponder and Michael Sykes. They hate Ponder Sykes and Ray. Pressing on the upper way, the new high time gaining every day. Still praying as I'm bound, 
I like those guys, Hunty. And yeah, I enjoyed they're, that. They're, they're our age. That's a great song. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a great hymn. I love singing that. We don't sing it exactly like that in <laughs> no, church. No, we don't. <laughs> we, wouldn't keep, we wouldn't keep up with it, but I do like that song a whole lot. Yeah, it's a ripper. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. Um, what's coming up, mate? Okay, we've got a very special program starting in our church, starting this Friday night. Mm. Uh, we're doing a bit of a revival, and um, we've got a great guest speaker coming in from the United States of America. His name's John Lomacan. It's actually called Revival yep. Australia. Yep. It's not just in our church, is it, mate? No, no, exactly. This is for the whole of Australia. That's why we'll be broadcasting it live on our Aussie Pastor socials, which is Facebook and YouTube. And it... it- it starts Friday night. And the speaker, John Lomacan, good friend of mine, he is an amazing pastor. And it starts Friday a night. brilliant singer. Just before you go too okay. much further. Yep. What time Friday night? You tell Seven me. Seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, I didn't know why you weren't answering that. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't have the brochure in front of me. I was going to memory. Se- it's not on the brochure, actually. I just noticed that. 7 p.m. Friday night here. Now, now John Lomacang is a friend of yours before I interrupted you. Go on. Well, he's a, he's a brilliant pastor. He loved by all of his congregation. But he's an amazing singer and musician as well. And he's going to probably... I think I read his email right. He's going to grace us with a concert on the end of the last day. Would we be live streaming that or not? Or have you not made your mind up on that yet? Yeah, I need to check copyright, actually. (laughs) Yeah, there there are issues. So if you want to go to the concert, Saturday, May 27. Yeah, 4 Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. At 3 o'clock. Life in Church Centre. Actually, the only times you're going to see him live here are this coming Saturday, May 20, Yep. which he'll be live at 10 o'clock and then 11.10, but let's say 11. Yep. So he'll be preaching live. Yep. And then the following Sabbath, Saturday, he'll be preaching at 11 o'clock only. So he's really actually only going to present three times live. In the flesh. And, li- be li- and, and the live concert. for us here in the studio. Yeah, and the concert. He's going yeah. to do the concert. But it's going to yeah. be live in the studio this coming Friday night. That's right. And then the following week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday Friday. Friday. Yep, live right here. So five live programs from the studio, live online, and three, three, three at church and the concert. That's right. So this is going to be a good time. Um, you've known him for a long time, Hunty. I've known him since I first met him on, on a concert tour with a group called the Heritage Singers way back in the early 80s. And if you Google the Heritage Singers, they're actually one of the more famous religious music groups. Probably the most famous uh, Seventh-day Adventist singing group. Of all, but pretty famous anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the United yeah, States they sing of America. With, they've sung with Gaither, they've sung with... Uh, have they? They have. I didn't know that. And they've that. also sung in the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, and yes. their leader, Max Mace, Max Mace died yep. only a couple of years ago, a year or a year and yeah, a half ago, recently, didn't he? Yep. Which Good was man. very sad. So, look, if you want to come, that address live this Saturday at 10 o'clock. What's the address, Hunty? Uh, 4 Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. Or, just behind the Aldi in the Life Anglican Church Centre. Or just jump online because all these programs, the only one that we're not sure will be live is the um, concert. But other than that, Hunty, the rest are going to be live. Yeah, the rest will be live streamed, yep. And we pray to the Lord that our technology works <laughs> and that the internet stays up. And That's it. God will bless us. But it's going to be a fabulous week of revival and we want you to be a part of it. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM. Well, I think it's come time for one of my favourite parts, Hunty, of the program, and that's um, 
Harold Hang Harker. on, hang on a minute. I've got a song before that. Oh, I'm glad you've got a song. I've got you a song. What? You know what? You two, jump on my run sheet. No, 2-1. <laughs> That's two okay. mistakes I'll from t- Hunty and one, of those. <laughs> and one from me, so I'm going to have to go down for that. I actually don't mind. Go for it, mate. Sure. 
Sometimes, hunty, being human, we miss the start of these songs. And I'm so annoyed and upset about that because I wanted to introduce it because we've just been talking about the great revival Sabbath we're about to have. And I'm talking... I'm talking, I wanted to talk about the Sabbath and this song, and anyway. Anyway. It never happened. Harold Harker, have we got you online? Hang on, hang on, hang on. yep, got him now. Hi there, Lloyd, we are. Yeah, good, good, glad to have you. How are you up there in the north? It's good, we're going home next week, but it, it's good here. Are you looking forward to it? Looking forward to getting home, yeah. yes. Rug up because it's cold down here in Sydney. Oh, <laughs> anyway, look, we want to talk about a man, another guy I never knew much about. His name is Martin, I think it's Booser, is that how you say it? Martin Booser, yes. Yeah, now, he's a he's a German, I, I, I think, is that correct? Well, he came from Alsace, which is the area between France and Germany. Sometimes it's been French, sometimes German, but now it will be in France. Would he have spoken French or German, or both? Probably both. So tell us, when and where was Martin born? Well, it was a little place called Salastat, just out of Strasbourg in Alsace, and he was born five years after Martin Luther in November 1491. So another contemporary. Um, who, yes. brought, who brought him up and what did what, the guy who brought him up, what did he do? Well, he was brought up by his grandfather. His grandfather was called Butzer, yep. and sometimes Martin Bucer was called Butzer as well. And they were coopers. They made the barrels for all the wine and beer. I suppose they would never have been out of work. <laughs> um, they, I know they liked their beer back then. Um, where was Martin uh, educated? Well, he started in his home village with the Dominicans at the Latin school, yep. and he finished there in 1507. Okay, and then he, he joined the Catholic order. Well, he did. He joined the Dominicans, which was one of the most severe orders of the Catholic Church. Would it be fair to say at the time he joins the Dominicans, they were the biggest order in the Catholic Church in Europe? Well, the Dominicans and Augustinians would have been the two big ones. Okay. So he joins this order. What did he then go on to study? Because this guy's bright. Most of, them are, most of the men and women you talk about in these stories are very bright, well-educated men. What did he go on to do? Well, he was ordained as a friar, in 1508 and then a deacon and he went to study at Heidelberg in the monastery there and studied theology and that's really getting to the deep stuff he meets Martin Luther tell us about that well he met Martin Luther a little later he met him in Heidelberg the next year in 1518 when Luther came for a big discussion the Heidelberg disputation and uh, from that time, he kept in correspondence. He, he saw Luther as one he wanted to keep talking to. Did Martin Luther have a influence early on on Martin Busser? Yes, he would have. He would have been, and they were some of the great leaders, both Luther and Busser Martin, two Martins, 
both leaders of the Protestant Church, one in Germany and this fellow a little further west. We know that um, he did have an influence on him because what drastic action did Martin Busser then take later on down the road? Well, he accepted the beliefs as a Lutheran, so mm. he followed Luther into joining the Lutheran Church. So what do you do with these priestly vows? That's over, I suppose. Well, he was released from them. He asked to be uh, let go, and they freed him of his vows, and so he became a Protestant. Okay, which is back then a fairly big move. Oh, um, that was a massive move. Who, who did he meet and marry? Well, he uh, met and married Elizabeth, who was a former nun. This and is... in 22, just like Martin yeah. Luther, he marries a nun. They have a very similar story, don't they? They sure do. And this is where the, the – the, now, there's a lot we're missing out in this story because what, probably when you sent me the notes, because Harold sends me notes on these different speakers and I'm going to wade through them, this guy had more notes than just about anybody else you sent, um, Harold. It was very complex and very difficult to get the questions out in a way that we got right across his life. But he goes on a trip to study in a place called Wittenberg, which I think is Martin Luther's territory. But That's correct. God had another plan. What happened? Well, he uh, he started to go toward there, but he sort of stopped along the way at Wissenborg, another place. And uh, but this guy, uh, he felt he need was needed there to preach, and he was a strong preacher of the Protestant beliefs. So he stops to preach and live for a little time anyway in, in Wissembourg, which is on the way to Wittenberg. But yeah. ev eventually he's forced to flee. Is that correct? So he goes home to Strasbourg in the Alsace area. Yeah, yeah. Now the mobs who were listening to his teachings didn't always respond in a, a positive way. What did they do? Well, often he uh, they break into the monasteries because he's a preacher's against That's worshiping right. images, they say, oh, "Okay, let's get rid of them." Yeah, and they want to wreck them all. He, he uh, it, they were zealous, but sometimes their zealousness would cause trouble. Would that be fair to say? That's fair enough. Do Others would say they destroyed all the the great statues, all the great artworks, which they, which is true. There's some truth to that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of his beliefs. Well, he believed, A, the Bible was the sole source of knowledge and he didn't uh, uh, take the Mass because he said Jesus Christ died once and for all. He was against purgatory and uh, he didn't like the veneration of the saints. So all these Catholic beliefs he was now against and a fully-fledged Protestant preacher. I think that's the point. He's a Protestant preacher. Um, who was Melanchthon? And what influence did he have on Martin Busser? Well, Melanchthon was uh, Luther's sidekick from, from Wittenberg, and uh, this guy, Busser, was starting to look at the confessions of the different faiths. Yeah. And he used Melanchthon's confession just about as that's pretty good. He just changed the wording on mm. the Eucharist because Melanchthon would have been a bit more like Luther and he was a bit more like Zwingli. Did Martin Luther, as Martin would write, did Martin, honestly, Martin Busser would write, did Martin Luther, what sort of reaction did he have to some of his writings? 
Well, I think on the whole, other than the the uh, Eucharist, they would have been in total harmony. So, was it over the Eucharist that Luther and Martin had and Martin Busa had problems? Or was that the only area really that they came to loggerheads? The rejection from Luther was that what it was about? Luther and Zwingli had the great big bust up. They wouldn't. Luther wouldn't even talk to him at the end. Yeah, and because this guy was sort of in the middle, and he saw himself as one who could bring the groups together. He was a guy that sought reconciliation, yeah. Yeah, which is valuable, which is valuable in the cause of Protestantism at the time. Um, interestingly, theologically, Zwingli was right and Martin Luther was wrong, but that's another story, isn't it? Um, so Zwingli, who I guess was a friend of Martin Bucer's, became a friend, the great Swiss reformer, he dies in battle. What position did Martin take up? Well, Martin Luther then becomes the leader of the the church through Switzerland and in the in the west, whereas Luther is in the east. He becomes he was one of the three great leaders of the Reformation right across Europe. And he thought that he could bring the Catholics and the Reformation together, right? He tried to, didn't work, but he thought he could. He ends, because the scripture to him was the answer. He ends up in exile in England. What position did he take up? Well, he became a, a lecturer there in Cambridge, and so he helped the English Reformation on as well. He So he's very influential right across Western Europe, really. Correct. Um, where did he die and where was he buried? Well, he was born over in Alsace in France. He dies in England at Cambridge, and he's buried there in St. Mary's Church in Cambridge. But they do something interesting with his body a little later on. Tell us about that. Well, in the mid-1550s, Queen Mary comes to the throne. She was an ardent Catholic, yep. and she says, this guy, he tried to wreck the Catholic faith, and so they, he, she said, dig up his bones, <laughs> yeah. and then they burnt his bones. Fortunately, <laughs> he was sleeping, waiting for the Lord, and didn't know anything about it. Was he ever exonerated by the English? Oh, yes. After Mary went on, Elizabeth I came, and she says, we rehabilitate him. He was a great leader. So he's reburied? No. Well, I guess he was burnt. The ashes would have oh, been so, gone. Okay, so there's just nothing left. Okay. What yeah. lasting impression, last question, do you have of this great man? Well, this guy, coming from a, a barrel maker, became one of God's great leaders to bring the Bible to the attention of the of the whole of Europe at that time. I enjoyed that story, Harold, and thank you very much. It's a beauty, actually, and I'm learning. As you bring these different characters forward, I'm learning more and more about the Protestant Reformation, about men that I never knew existed. So thank you. Thanks, Harold. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I'm going to let you introduce this song, Hunty. Oh, fine. Well, because, I, because he's your man. Well, yes. All right. Look, I do love Keith Green. What an amazing man. He basically was so far ahead of his time. He was taking um, beautiful passages of scripture and setting them to music in a contemporary style. Um, this song is so powerful. I'm just going to play it. It's entitled, There Is a Redeemer.
God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One, Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb of God. Messiah, over sinners slain. song ah. hey you know it's time for my favorite segment what happened to the quality is that just was that, was there'll, that, be a post, there'll be a post-mortem heads will roll probably my fault <laughs> <laughs> okay what, what what are you saying it's um, what it's time for ask the aussie pastor ah is that your favorite segment oh it's one of my favorite segments why i like to see you like an ant under a magnifying Squirm glass a bit yeah that's it okay this first question actually is a hangover from last week where we were talking about addiction and someone's asked the question mate um if you're addicted to screen time and surfaces and phones and computers, what happens if you're on the computer all day for work? So the question is, what about internet addiction when you have to use computers for work? Oh, well, if you're using it for work, it's not internet addiction, it's work. Right. That's my first point. The second point, though, if that's um, leading to pornography or whatever, um, the Holy Spirit will talk to you if you repent of that. And you go to God, and you ask to be born again, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. And when he talks to you, you have to obey. And it's not easy to obey. Hmm. We don't want to obey. 
It's not simple to obey. But we need to submit ourselves, need to humble ourselves, and we need to obey. And the more you obey, the easier it gets. Sometimes this this discipline of obeying, obedience, is lost in Christianity. But we've got to obey, because if we don't in the end, we can never escape the temptation. It's like Jesus, we're in a dark cavern. It's like Jesus has us by the hand. We can't see. And he says, now turn right, go down there. Now turn left and go down. And we have to obey. We have to follow his directions to get out of the cavern until we can see. Mm. So again, um, no matter what the addiction, no matter what the sin, the temptation, if you've asked the Holy Spirit into your heart and you're born again, obey. Hmm. All righty. Okay. Um, this next question is probably one for everybody from time to time. And the question is, I cannot hear the voice of God. What is wrong? That's from my friend David, I think, in Western Australia. I didn't. I copied and pasted without the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, a lot of people say this, and there is a simple answer to this. If you cannot hear the voice of God, read the Bible. Yep. I think it's Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing, mm. and hearing by the Word of God. Well, we know the Word of God is the Bible. So this is what happens for me every morning when I open my Bible, every night when I open my Bible. I, I open my Bible morning and night. I read. I study. I hear the voice of God. And it's the, 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 look, God will come to you in other ways at times. He'll come to you in nature. He'll come to you through events. He'll come to you um, um, through a friend. Um, an acquaintance, he might come to you from someone at work speaking through them but primarily in my life 99.9% of what God talks to me about is in scripture so as I'm reading it, God's word leaps out at me and he tells me stuff Mm. and I listen and again I try to obey, I'm not always the best with obedience but there's no other I don't have any other answer to that question other than when you get in the Bible you spend time in it, go verse by verse slowly, don't rush, and look for God to be speaking to you in those verses. You will hear God speak, and you'll hear him speak powerfully and miraculously. That's my answer to that question. It's definitive. And if, you, if you're not getting answers from God, keep going to the Bible. Surround yourself with prayer. As you go into the Bible, pray. As you're reading, be praying. As you finish, pray. And God will come to you. It's a guarantee. Mm. Thank you. All right. Uh, Lloyd, why are you a Seventh-day Adventist? That's a good question. Hmm. I was born a Seventh-day Adventist, but that's not yeah, a very good too. answer. Hmm. Uh, I left for a while, in my heart anyway, and in my mind. Um, I don't think Adventism's perfect. I don't think we've even got everything perfect spiritually or theologically or doctrinally. But for me, the simple answer to that question is... I don't know of any other movement that is closer to the Bible than Adventism. I don't know of any other. So I think it's an important movement. Um, I like the fact that our fundamentals all come from Bible. And I've checked them. When I came back, I checked them, and I continue to check them continuously. So that, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm a Christian Protestant Seventh-day Adventist because it is a movement of the Bible. Not perfect, but it is, and God's using her. It's actually one of the fastest-growing Protestant denominations on the planet. Did mm. you know that, Harvey? Mm, I did. Mm. And the reason for that is because we preach and teach doctrines directly from the Bible. They can be proven from the Bible. Yep. If they couldn't be, you know something, and I'm like this, I just wouldn't preach them. Mm. Mm. And I do. That's why I'm an Adventist. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, good. There's a different question on why I'm a Christian. Yes. I'm a Christian because Jesus died on the cross for me. Yeah, Jesus loves me. He um, took my sins to the cross and he's my saviour. Mm. Mm. That's why I'm an Adventist too, but if you're going right back down and want to... You know, yeah. Okay. The Sabbath, actually, for me, the Sabbath is one of the reasons why I'm a Seventh-day Adventist too. Good. Because that, to me, is what the Bible's telling me is the day to worship God. Anyway. Sabbath is good. Yeah. I like the Sabbath. It's, it's 24 hours of with God. I like that. To me, that's not a burden. Yeah. Um, if you love someone, you want to spend time with them. Oh, I love the Sabbath. Love the God of the Sabbath. Yes. Yep. Why do you think Australians are turning away from organised religion? Oh, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I think um, the uh, government inquiries into child sexual abuse has turned people off religion mm. big time. True, and understand, true. Un- understandably, I mean, it's a, yep. it's a horrendous crime. I think uh, Christianity does not necessarily walk kindly and arm in arm and comfortably with our culture and the way it's going Mm. I think if you're going to become a Christian you've got to make some pretty big changes in your life and they run counter culture Uh, I mean my dad lived in a time where Christianity was culture but increasingly as I've ministered over the 32 years Christianity has become counter culture we're swimming against a stream we're swimming, Christians are swimming against the thought, secular thought. Um, we're just not walking comfortably with our secular culture and more and more they're clashing and so people have got to make a decision. And just to make a decision to be part of a church is not good enough. If you're going to be Christian, you've got to make a decision for Christ. Mm. That's the only thing that will sustain you. Mm. And I don't think, uh, I think Christ's ways to be honest and frank and brutal about it are in enmity with the world and so that's why more and more people aren't turned on to religion because it's it marches against the culture of the way they think the way they behave and what they want hmm. Hmm. well that brings um, our Ask Aussie Pastor segment to a close that seemed pretty short Ed, well we're out of time you're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM was it short, Hunty, or not really? Right to the clock. It, so was it, it wasn't short, or no, it was short? Spot on, we had eight minutes. Uh, sometimes I think we should have more time for Aussie Pastor. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Do, I, have you got I, more I like questions? It. i got a couple more, yeah. So if we didn't answer your questions, we're going to answer them next week? We absolutely will. Okay, this last song, Daystar. In the Bible, Daystar is Jesus. Right. It's another name for Jesus. The Morning Star, Daystar, Messiah, Jehovah Jireh. Adonai. There's a whole heap of names for Jesus. Um, Messiah, did I say that? Yep. Alpha and Omega. Yep. Uh, did I say Jehovah? Am I going around in circles here? There's a whole <laughs> These heap. These are all great names. The I Am. Yep. Um, Yahweh. I like Yahweh. Do you know how you spell Yahweh, Hunter? No, no idea. It's got no vowels. Y-H-W-H. Yahweh. Ah, it's, a, it's a high cool. name of God of heaven. That's Jesus' name. And this song, Daystar, it, it's, so when you hear the word day, it's talking about Jesus. It's a beautiful song from Jason Crabb and my favourite band, Gaither Band. Lily of the valley let your sweet aroma fill my life. 
rows of Sharon show me how to grow in beauty in God's sight. Fairest of ten thousand, make me a reflection of your light, of your light, I pray. Day stars shine down on me Let your love shine through me In the night Need me, Lord, I'll follow What's wrong and make it right? Day stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Lord, I see a world that's dying. Wounded by the master of deceit And groping in the darkness Haunted by the years of past Standing near me, Lord Shining with compassion In your eyes In your eyes, Lord, I pray Jesus, shine down on me Let your love shine through me In the night Day stars shine down on me 
let your love shine through me in the night. Day stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Shine down on me Let your love shine through me In the night Dear Lord Jesus As we close this program today, we pray that your love will shine down upon us. We pray for your Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and to our minds to possess us. And Lord, encourage us, encourage us, gently persuade us to follow you in obedience as we hear the Holy Spirit talking to us. Lead us out of the darkness into the light. Bless every one of our listeners now is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My name is Lloyd Grolleman. I am the Aussie pastor. My name's Hunty, and I love you. Well, who are you? I'm the guy in the black <laughs> with a bunch of rattly keys and gaffer tape. He's the techie. <laughs> <laughs> you love him, do you, Hunty? Love his all. But you know what? Even Hunty, who is a great lover of people, can't love you like Jesus does. What are we going to say now, Hunty? Yeah, see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 